Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. The season is almost upon us. Opening day is tomorrow, and over the last couple weeks to get ready for the season, I have been previewing two teams at a time head-to-head to see which one's better heading into the 2023 campaign. And I'll tell you, we have our power rankings going up today at JustBaseball.com. You'd be surprised to see that the Padres are ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'll also tell you, even though I didn't write those power rankings, I do agree with them. And the Padres are my pick to win the National League West this year. So let's get after it. Who's better, the Padres or the Dodgers? The reason why I feel like the Padres are better. Have we looked at this lineup? It's insane. I think one through nine, it's the best lineup in baseball. And, you know, that's me as a Mets fan who has my own biases, of course. And, you know, you look around the game and you see the Astros are obviously still loaded. And you have other teams that are definitely in the mix like the Braves. But the thing about this Padres lineup, it's the star power that is unmatched in the game. You have one, two, three, four guys that are going to have career earnings well north of $300 million. Xander Bogarts, the newest addition, you bring him in, he's your starting shortstop. Now, Juan Soto, holdover from last year's trade deadline, I don't even think we've scratched the surface of what that trade is going to mean for the Padres. To, to acquire him last year, they traded a lot to get him, but you gave yourself a clear window to win and to win big. We'll see. They find a way to extend all their guys. Are they going to be able to extend Juan Soto? That is to be determined. But for right now and for next season, you got Bogart, Soto, Machado, Tatis. That is as good of a four as any team has assembled. So you, you end up with this front four of your lineup where they could start off any game with four consecutive home runs. They have guys that have immense power, guys that don't strike out a ton, guys that draw their walks, that get on base, that hit for a high average, that can come through in the clutch. You're going to pitch around Soto, but then still have to face Machado and Tatis. It's just a loaded lineup. And then you look beyond that. Jay Cronenworth and Hayson Kim. What I love about that duo, uh, as far as you know, the right side of the infield with the left side being Machado and Bogarts, is defensively they're great, and you're now in a world where shifting has been eliminated. So you need rangy players in the infield. Suddenly having a really rangy second baseman is more important, where in the past, now that second baseman was playing you know, out in right field a lot of times in the shift where you didn't need a, a big rangy guy. You could put a power bat at second base. Now you want to have some guys that can cover ground, and the Padres are going to have that across the board. That's going to give them a better infield defense. That's going to help their pitchers a ton. And in the outfield, you got Trent Grisham in center. So he gives you gold glove caliber defense. Tatis eventually going to slide into right. I think he's going to be above average out there. And then you got Juan Soto in left. And while I think Juan Soto is not a good defender at all, I think he's better suited to hang out in left field most days than to be your right fielder. You look at kind of the rest of the roster. You got Austin Nola behind the dish. Luis Camposano is supposed to be the guy as the prospect that has struggled, but you know could finally establish himself this year. That's your catching duo, and I think that's a solid one. You have Nelson Cruz and Matt Carpenter holding down a DH platoon with Carpenter maybe getting a little time in the field. 
Rugnet Odor, I guess, is projected to make the team, so that gives them a utility infielder. And Jose Azucar to give them a fourth outfielder. They're top-heavy. They don't have the most depth, obviously, and the depth was gutted from their farm system. But their starting lineup is so much better than the Dodgers, in my opinion. The Dodgers have a lot of questions marked this year. I mean, luckily, when you have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, you're going to have a good lineup. And you throw in Will Smith, Max Muncy, J.D. Martinez. Their front five is as good as any front five in baseball. But there's still some question marks even in that front five. I mean, the top three, there's no question. Will Smith, top five catcher in baseball, without a doubt, probably top three. Freddie Freeman, best first baseman in baseball. Mookie Betts. Best corner outfielder not named Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge might be playing some center this year. I mean, Mookie, Freeman, Smith, good as it gets. Max Muncy, we'll see what he is this year. You know, last year he was not good. Now he got better down the stretch. He still is for his career. A 231 hitter, 355 on base, 473 slug, 125 career WRC+. He's only a year removed from 2021 where offense was down around baseball, yet he hit 36 home runs, had a 368 on base. He walked 14% of the time, only struck out 20.3% of the time, had a 139 way to runs created plus, so 39% better than your league average hitter and was nearly a five-win player. And he has three you know, 4.6 to 4.8 win seasons from 2018, 2019, 2021. So you know, three of his last five years have been that productive. He wasn't great in the 2020 season. We give him a pass for that. And last year, he struggled a little bit. He hit below the Mendoza line. 196 average, 329 on base, 384 slug, 106 WRC+. plus. But he still walked at a 15.9% clip. The strikeouts did climb a bit from 2020. But I think there's definitely room for positive regression. I'm not saying he's going to be incredible. But in a down year, he hit 21 home runs. I think he's better, so you feel... Pretty good about the four. And then J.D. Martinez has been one of the best hitters in baseball for a long time now. Now he's coming off a year where it seemed like he showed some signs of regression, yet he hit 274. He doesn't have the green monster to pepper doubles off of anymore, so we'll see how much that hurts him. Last year he only had 16 homers. So how much is that power zap? What's he going to bring to the equation? I don't entirely know, but I don't think that they took a big step back from what they had with Justin Turner going to J.D. Martinez. Beyond that, though, we look at 6-9 through nine on this lineup. Question marks across the board. David Peralta, good veteran, right? A guy that could have a really nice season. He wasn't really that great last year. 251 hitter, 316 on base, 415 slug, 104 WRC+. Plus, so he was slightly better than a league average hitter. He hit 12 homers the year before. He hit eight homers, and this is getting regular playing time. So he is far removed from his 2018 season where he had 30 home runs. He hit 293, 352 on base, 516 slug, 130 WRC+. Over the last three full seasons, he's been just shy of a two-win player. 1.7 F4 last year, 1.7 the year before, 1.4 in 2019, although he missed some time, only played 99 games. So... I don't know how much they get from him. Sometimes the Dodgers find a way to get more out of these guys, so maybe we see the best season from David Peralta in a long time, and he's a three-and-a-half win player. I just don't know if you can count on that. He's 35 years old, so what is that going to look like for them? Beyond that, you know, Trace Thompson had a really nice campaign 
last year, but he's 32 years old with that much of a track record. I don't know if he's going to go out and do what he did in 80 games last year where he hit 13 home runs, hit 256, 353 on base, 507 slug, and had a 142 WRC+. He was a a 2.5 win player in 80 games. Is he that again? Is he over 150, a 5 win player? There's a chance because it's the Dodgers, but how are we counting on that? I look at you know the the Padres side of it. I think that you feel more sure of what Trent Grisham is at 26 years old with the defense that he brings and the the chance for a little bit of offense. I don't know how good Trace Thompson's going to be, and you're asking a lot of him. Miguel Vargas is a big X factor for them. The the you know top prospect coming into the fold every day, but you know they're missing Gavin Lux significantly. Uh, you know Miguel Rojas is now the starting shortstop. You were in a position before when Gavin Lux was healthy, where Lux was the starting shortstop. Rojas was going to split some time with Vargas over at second base, and you know really just fill that utility infielder role, the super utility guy that gives Lux some time off, that gives Vargas some time off, that you know gives Muxy time off, and also puts Vargas in a situation where he really has to win the job. Now he's kind of been handed the job. So how is that going to play out over the full season? Is Vargas going to step up? And is Miggy Rowe going to be a, a good starting shortstop for them? Defensively, you don't have any concerns. But offensively, he's going to be probably slightly below average. So can the Dodgers work around that if he's their nine-hole hitter? Yes, but you need Peralta and Thompson and Vargas to hit ahead of him. Otherwise, this lineup is pretty weak. Now, you look at the bench, you got Austin Barnes right now projected, of course, to be their backup catcher. This is all at roster resource. Chris Taylor is a name that's projected on the bench that does answer a lot of these questions because, you know, he probably pushes Peralta to the bench most most days and can push Thompson to the bench and can get some time at shortstop. So, you know, he's a guy that obviously helps sure up a lot of issues for you as that super utility player, but he too is coming off a down year. So, I think we have confidence uh, in Chris Taylor. I don't think that he's going to be some below-average player. You know, last year offensively he wasn't great. Two twenty-one hitter, three hundred four on base, three seventy-three slug. Compare that to the year prior. He was a two fifty-four hitter, so thirty points higher. Got on base forty points higher at a three forty-four clip. Slugged sixty points higher at four thirty-eight. Was a one thirty or one thirteen. WRC plus guy with 20 homers last year hit just 10. But in a down season when he played 118 games, he still was a two-win player, 1.9 F4. So he's going to be good for you off the bench. Um, and again, not really off the bench, just filling a lot of holes for you still starting you know, five times a week. That's good to have, but the team as a whole is just thinner than they've been in years past. And then you know, Jason Hayward, had a good spring. People are expecting a lot out of him suddenly because he went to the Dodgers. He's still 33 years old, coming off years of being a, a less than productive player. James Outman, according to roster resource, projected to make this roster. Another guy that you know has a, a lot of talent that has been in the upper levels of. Well, actually, I'm going to his his own page here, and it says he's signed a AAA. So. I imagine at some point you see James Outman, a guy that last year in AAA in 57 games had 15 home runs, and AA had 16 home runs. So he had 31 homers across the board there, drove in over 100, 
hit above 290 at each stop, got on base above 390 at each stop, uh, was even good in his four-game cameo with the Dodgers. He's a guy that could really help this team, and that's the thing with the Dodgers. As much as I've been knocking them throughout the show, if suddenly James Outman is your starting left fielder and he breaks out and Vargas breaks out and you get some type of a resurgence from you know one of Peralta or Hayward to give you another outfield option and Trace Thompson continues doing what he's doing and Miggy Rowe is a 106 WRC plus guy for the season while playing very good defense at shortstop. Who knows? Maybe they put it all together. But that's a lot more ifs and question marks than the Padres, and that's where the Padres are better right now is because of those question marks. Although the pitching side of it could skew Dodgers because it always skews Dodgers. And look at their starting rotation right now, and you got Julio Urias, Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, one through three. That's as solid as it gets. Uh, you do have to see Dustin May fully establish himself, but his stuff is so good that we all kind of expect that to happen this year. Clayton Kershaw, he's got to stay healthy. He's healthy. He's unbelievable. But is, are you going to get 150 innings from Kershaw at this point? I don't think so. Julio Urias could be a Cy Young candidate, without a doubt, and maybe he's the best pitcher among these two teams. But you know the one through three for the Padres, you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, Musgrove dealing with a broken toe, but should be back relatively soon this season. So that trio is probably better and certainly more dependable than the Dodgers trio. And Snell's in the contract year, so even though Urias is definitely the better pitcher, Snell could always put up the better season, maybe the best season of any of these guys. He is a former Cy Young. You really never know. Now, you look at the back end of each of these rotations, and I think you feel better about the Dodgers being able to find answers because they always do. And because they still have a guy in Tony Gonsolin that, you know, when he comes back, he is hurt right now with a sprained ankle. Seems like he'll be back looking like March, so not not too far out for him. You feel pretty good about the fact that he can slide into your four slot um, and push Noah Syndergaard down to the five. You know, that that's ultimately... Some of the debt that they have, Walker Bueller is still the guy that's, of course, the the eights of the staff when healthy coming off Tommy John. Could you get him by the playoffs? That would be amazing for them. You know, you got Ryan Pepio. I, I don't know exactly what he's going to bring to them this year. He still has to fully establish himself in his big league career, but I believe he's going to break camp with uh, Gonsolin being hurt to start the season. He had a 3.47 ERA in 36 and a third innings at the big league level last year and in the minors. Look at 91 and a third pitched at AAA. He had a 2.56 ERA. So the Dodgers always find a way to, to bring pitching up, to find depth. Their bullpen is always going to be amazing. Uh, I, I just look at the Padres and I say, all right, the rotation, the back end of it, Nick Martinez, Michael Walker, Seth Lugo, you know, two of those three guys could hit, and you're fine. Your top three is great, so you have that going for you. And then you still got a bullpen where you got Josh Hader, you got Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia. You know, if you get anything from Drew Pomerantz, I think they could scrap together a really nice bullpen. They have one of the best closers in baseball, and Hader, and their starting lineup is freaking ridiculous. So that's ultimately where I lean Pods here, and I think that. Anyone that leans Dodgers is simply just looking at track record, and rightfully so. 
No franchise in baseball has been better at churning out victories in division titles over the last decade than the Dodgers. They've won the division, including 2020, nine of the last 10 years. The only year they didn't win was 2021, where they won 106 games and got beaten out by a game. So even though I'm sitting here today telling you that the Padres are the better team, the Padres are the team that I think has the more ignitable chance to go off in October and win a World Series, it's still a Dodgers roster that has Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith on it, that has Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw and Dustin May in that rotation, that could get Walker Bueller back before the playoffs, that always finds a way to filter in their team with young players that produce. So you're just trying to bet against track record, and I know that's where some people are still wary on all of the Padres hype, but on paper, the Padres, in my opinion, are almost clearly the better team. They just have to go out and prove it over 162, which has been the problem for that franchise in recent memory. We'll see if they finally put it all together this year. I'm looking forward to it. I think the Padres are the team that most of us are going to be watching outside of our own teams this season. Anyway, that's going to be all, though, for today's edition of Who's Better Baseball. Got one more show coming your way on Friday. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go to JustBaseball.com. Got a team preview on all 30 teams. Divisional previews. We are doing prediction articles now as well. So predictions for each division. Predictions for some of these teams that are your favorites. So make sure you check out all the written content that, of course, is part of what we base this show on. Go to JustBaseball.com. <laughs>